Yeehaw! Hosting fees for Erotic Awakening are provided by Dan and Dawn and their new book, Living MS, a book for masters, slaves, and their relationships. Find out how a real-time power exchange couple lives a real-time power exchange life. You can find the book at Amazon.com or the, or the Nook Store or head on over to eroticawakening.com slash books. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an educational and entertaining exploration of all things erotic. From sacred sexuality to fetishes, power exchange relationships and leather life, BDSM to polyamory, as well as simply fun kink. Each week, we bring you a diverse offering of erotic life in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. If you are offended by this type of content or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Um, hi. Hi. <laughs> Here we are back again, episode 137, and I am not currently playing the brand new, just released Madden 12. I noticed that. I am podcasting instead. Oh, loyal listeners, I am being a loyal pod show host. There you go. So um, I will be doing that shortly, though, but first we have, um, we have a topic of the day. We do. We have a, a wonderful conversation. We just finished with Chocolat from, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, podcast listeners might remember him from a previous Messy Food episode yes. we did. And uh, this one is about cosplay. And um, you'll, you'll notice if you're listening at about, there's a point where a little, the sound of a light bulb going off over my head goes, oh, I get it. <laughs> I so love that you got it. So, and this one is actually perfect timing. We've actually tried to um, record this one a couple of times and yes. <laughs> technical difficulties, it has not worked out. So we um, had this planned for a couple of weeks to record it again tonight. And darn, if somebody didn't write in a couple of days ago and say, hey, could you do an episode on cosplay? Yes. And it's like, Yes, yes, we can. <laughs> I, I was going to play it off that we hadn't planned it, and we just pulled it out of our ass because somebody asked, but that's fine. <laughs> and it, it apparently, um, in about seven or eight or nine days, you and I will be going to the COPE event here in Columbus, Ohio. Yes. And the theme is superheroes and supervillains, I just Ooh. saw. So we can practice our own cosplay. Ooh, nice, nice, nice. So, But I have a question. So, because I was telling Chocolata that maybe I should go as Wonder Woman. Yes. But it would be Wonder Woman with a big butt. And he said that that is perfectly acceptable. But so now I'm thinking at other superheroes. What should I try to go as? What fits Dawn? Or what do people want to see Dawn try to pull off? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Because Wonder Woman would have her lasso. And um, it would probably surprise a lot of people if I tried to do bondage Mm -hmm. on someone. Hell, I'd probably trip them up because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) I I am not particularly hip, uh, hip to the... Current in, uh, superheroes and supervillains. Um, I mean, you could go as what's the plant woman's name from Batman? Oh, like I, poison, poison ivy. Poison ivy. Yeah. <gasps> oh, that's not a bad idea. Although, uh, when you go to these events, you're uh, trying to get people to touch you. Not <laughs> I was going to say, I want to start rubbing up against people and say, "You now have a rash." <laughs> <laughs> That's just not kosher. <laughs> so we'll get to uh, our cosplay uh, discussion in just a moment. Uh, I think, though, um, right now, um, 
No, no, no. So recently, we just found out that George is the name of your purple tentacle monster. Yes. So now people are clamoring that he needs his own FetLife profile. That's what people are saying, that he needs his own FetLife profile. And I'm thinking of doing it because George thinks he's Polly. So we could set him up with a little Polly profile. Well, and whenever he gets to play with someone, he gets to be part. Of, they get to be part of the Polly family. Oh, nice! He should create his own little family. Yeah, in a Polly family with George, <laughs> the Purple Tentacle. I love it. We should totally do that. I love um, it. He's going to have his own little bag of condoms. That they I can will tie have on. to be. They will have to be super magnum size condoms. Yes. George is not a small gentleman. <laughs> Uh, and so when we went to, we just went to Camp Cake not long ago, which is a camping event here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Took George with us. George is very popular. He was. He had his own little uh, camping seat that he sat in for a little while. <laughs> he did until someone sat on top of him. Yes. And that was a one-way trip for both of them, I think. Uh, so we'll have to post a picture. Matter of fact, I'll post a picture or two of George on okay. the uh, Erotic Awakening website. And someone took a picture of us where we're holding George between us. Yes. <laughs> like a new little, member. Little, <laughs> a little purple tentacle threesome action going on there. Oh, it's too silly. Yes. <laughs> it's so much uh, fun. Although, on the other hand, um, I don't know if it was George or just our... Um, we did a presentation at Camp Kink. We did. And uh, we took uh, the last 10 or 11, 12 books with us, mm-hmm. and we just sold right through those. We um, did. And you know what? I am still getting comments, um, even up to through yesterday, about that, that presentation that we did. And it was on um, what's love got to do with MS. Yeah, yeah. And that really seemed to strike a chord with some people. So when we used, when you figured out the visuals to mm-hmm. use, it just really clicked for people. It, it's really neat from the perspective of, um, and people that listen to the podcast will recognize that we're not the mo- we're not ego driven people. Um, but at GLLA, we sold out or nearly sold out of our books. We had the best selling day ever. Yes. And then now the next event we do after that, not only did we sell out, we actually exceeded selling out because mm-hmm. we had people uh, that you'd promised a copy to, which I didn't realize as as we <gasps> yes. sold out. Prior to them getting one, fortunately, I didn't think we were going to sell out. <laughs> I, so these are new territories for us. Yes. I think maybe from now on we should only bring a handful of books with us, so we can say, "Oh, sorry, sold out." Sold out. Here's a postcard. So it's very <laughs> neat. Very neat um, that it's resonating with people. Mm-hmm. So that's just very neat. So Camp Kink was a wonderful time. It was. As Lots always. of great people. I mean, it's really neat to uh, go up to someone and they're like, "Oh, do you remember me?" And of course, I say no. And then find out that they're from one of the original groups in Columbus from just before our time. And these people are still around. It's really neat. Yeah, it was really interesting. And only people that are semi-local to Ohio mm-hmm. and have been around for a long time will recall the, uh, oh yeah, I was there when Carpe Diem started. Right. And for other ones, it was like uh, from the uh, AOL days. There was a group from from AOL that used to meet all the time, and you know it, it's just like wow, that's that's a long time ago. That's particularly <laughs> archaic to reference anything AOL at this point. Yes, um, so we always whine that nobody ever calls the voicemail. And we do, and well, I do. Someone called and actually left a really long message and what well which was great i mean they gave a lot of detail and it was kind of neat because they were taking us up on our offer of i want to find things in my area and i don't know who to contact 
So they happen to be from, I don't want to give a lot of information out sure, because, sure. you know, they didn't give me permission, but, um, you know, they're, they're from the DC metropolitan type area. And we happen to know people there that we totally trust and kind of hooked them up together. Yeah. So, but and hopefully they'll, they'll have an opportunity to interact and, you know, we don't mm-hmm. mean per se that we hooked them up, No, but, but just, we introduced just, them so that they can right. go play. You said that the fellow was a very nice fellow too. Very nice fellow. Very nice fellow. And it's him and his wife that are wanting to go out and, and try to explore a little bit. Excuse me. And, um, cause where they come from, all of this is really taboo. Mm-hmm. So their religion and everything, so they have no clue even how to get started, but they're both curious. Well, good. So good. It's always nice. nice that we can help people um, find their authentic selves and find what they're looking for. We had a really, I called him back and we had a really long conversation, so it, 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 was, it was great. I suppose this would be a good opportunity to plug if you would like to call the podcast <laughs> or contact us for any other reason. The phone number is 206 309-0054. Or you can get up with us through FetLife, and our group is Erotic Awakening Two Words. You can head on over to the eroticawakening.com webpage and find all kinds of great ways to stalk us, such as the ones we've mentioned, as well as finding <laughs> po- past podcast episodes where we will be presenting and all that other crap. Oh, yeah, because, well, we actually, good segue, we actually have a. Um, quite a few places that we're going to be presenting at coming up over the next couple of months. So I keep thinking of the big events that we're going to be doing, but we've got some local events as well. So we've got, um, we're not presenting at COPE, but we're going to be at COPE because we have the Scarlet Sanctuary Mm -hmm. with the graduating POTQ class. Yay! And um, we've also got uh, Cleveland Mast coming up. So we're going to be presenting there in a couple of weeks. For our uh, out-of-the-United-States listeners, that's Cleveland, Ohio, not Cleveland, Azerbaijan, (laughs) or Cleveland, the one next to Melbourne. Ah, is there one? No, I I don't know. I fucking make shit up all the time. So, yeah, so we'll be up in Cleveland, one for Mass, which is Masters and Slaves Together, and we will also be doing Smart, which is up in Cleveland, and we've got in LA and all kinds of stuff coming up. And um, something just struck my head though. You said Australia. We had a message from someone in Australia. Did we? Yes, we did. <laughs> and now I can't think of what it was. Dear Australia, you guys are some kinky fuckers. <laughs> Bring us out. Bring us out. But we're always getting messages from Australia. It's we just are. really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then we, well, we also got one from the UK recently. We Maybe did. Uh, a young lady in the UK, cheers to you, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, wants to know how to get started. And then it strikes me that we have the threesome master-slave-slave, I think is their combination dynamic. They've been together forever in the yeah, UK. Yeah. Darn it, I wish I'd thought about that. Because <laughs> I'm a dumb American. I assume the UK is a small little country where if you <laughs> live in one city, well, sure, you know these people in this other city, don't you? <laughs> um, I'm writing down UK hookup. So we remember to look to see if they're close to each well, other. Well, good, good. But but it's interesting. You, I didn't, So what the fuck were you talking about? I don't know. Australia, no. UK. Blue, Kinky motherfuckers. Blue, oh, sorry. I started playing football in my head. Let's go move on. Uh, we better get to the question of the day. We better. Yeah. So what is the question of the day? We actually got a couple of them. Well, this is actually a very uh, appropriate what do you mean a couple of them? You can't have a couple of questions okay. in a day. That would be the American Sheba show. Oh, yeah. So we have two here. Um, which one do you want to do? 
Um, let's do the one that came from another international person out of Canada. Which one is that? Oh, that's the books. Oh. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of Canada, if you're in Canada, oh, Canada. yeah, <laughs> and you come across Andy and Sue, who gave us gave me permission to use oh, their really? name. Did you see the look on my face? Yes, going, I did. <gasps> uh, you will recognize Andy and Sue because they are the couple walking around with five, count them, five copies of Living MS. And uh, they're the kinky ones that gave us permission to use their names. So if you know anybody named Andy and Sue, who <laughs> foolishly gave me their na- permission to use their names. Somewhere in Canada. Yes. Then, that um, little tiny country. Yes. yes. Uh, the funny thing, although you have to admit, if somebody were to walk up to Andy and Sue and say, you're kinky, you're kinky, I know about it because I listen to the, oh wait, why do I listen to that podcast? <laughs> Damn it. Because I'm kinky too. Exactly. Anyway. Did they ask the question of the day? They did ask the question of the day. And what it is... They did not. They did not? Andy and Sue? About books Somebody and resources? Did. I don't know. Oh, well, I go thought on, it anyway. was. Let's pretend it is. So, I can look it up real quick, but... Um, it was somebody named Andy. So, the question is, what books and resources are out there that will help them get into BDSM and bondage? Because... The, the internet is obviously huge, and they're not exactly sure that what they're reading is valid. Fair enough. Let's start. We'll do a little bit about bondage first, because I mm-hmm. don't know much about bondage. Right. Um, Shabar, you can use by Lee Harrington. I've mm-hmm. heard good things. Um, anything by Jay Wiseman. See, now, the one Jay Wiseman book I have, mm-hmm. I was having a little trouble using it as a guide to bondage. But he's got a DVD one, too. <laughs> book comes with a DVD. Yeah, the book that comes with a DVD. And this one he actually put out to help put him through law school. So all the copies that he was selling of this was uh, helping him go through law school. You know, when, you know, we can... I understand the whole comment about there's too much stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. Jeff, Jack Elfrink... Mm-hmm. And I'll actually look up the notes, the name there. Has a wonderful bondage website because he's got little animated uh, GIF images. Oh, that's right. I, I found that you very using useful. Them, yeah. But also on the internet, you can find like boating knot mm-hmm. websites that have wonderful knotting information. Now, um, if you're going to use a book resource, I you know what. The, the part that really bothers me the most bondage-wise when you do your research is just find out, find a reputable source for safety. Right. Right? So anybody can, you know, there, a lot of people teach you knots and how to do this and how to do that. But um, if you're going to look, the safety aspect and bondage isn't, well, okay. My, uh, Did you just have visions go through your head? I was going to say, you really can't fuck yourself up with bondage too much. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, that David Carradine thing while he accidentally hung himself. Oh, yeah, that's different. Or the other one, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we're not the bondage aficionados. No. I mean, I've heard Two Naughty Boys is great, but I don't know. What you should do is ask Lee. So Mm -hmm. write in to Lee at passionandsoul.com. Right. And we'll ask Lee on his next episode to give a couple moments of recommending some books on bondage and resources. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee knows, Lee, Lee is amazing with bondage. We saw Lee do some self-bondage, mm-hmm. speed self-bondage yes. at one of the events. That was stunning. And that was, um, oh shoot, suspension yeah. speed self-bondage. Yes. <laughs> so that was cool. So he, he absolutely has some stories of um, how to be safe about it through a personal trial and error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So that would absolutely be great. And now some of the BDSM books, I would also recommend like a Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns, sure. for some of the basics. That's that's a well-respected, well-known yes. BDSM book. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Jack... Uh, Joseph's Beans flogging, flogging book. Now, yeah. it's about flogging, but it also helps with the headspace. Mm-hmm. So I personally liked that book. Um, I have not read, I don't think, but I will plug, because it's been well-received, Dark Angel's book, which is how to go from nothing to explore your fantasies and mm-hmm. into some BDSM stuff. Um Boy, BDSM 101 is often, I'm sorry, SM 101, 101. a a Wiseman book, very, you know, often quoted. Um, I'm kind of a, boy, I tell you, what, what, you're sitting there not, you're not saying anything. I know, I'm not because, well, I'm a bottom, you know, I'm a slave. (laughs) I don't need to read these, you know, the SM 101s and stuff like that. I read the slave crafts and the, you know, training with Miss Abernathy and the stuff that's geared towards slaves. Uh, So I don't have a lot of topping skills. And I've heard that the topping book by Dossie Easton Easton is Mm -hmm. certainly a well-respected book. The trouble I'm having with this whole conversation is I don't read BDSM books. Right, right. I read relationship books. You know, I mean, like our, obviously we're going to, you know, mention our own <laughs> book. Ours. Living well, in Mess, but that's a relationship book. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I read um, like Slavecraft. Right. That's a relationship. Right. Or that's a, in, embracing your inner slave sort of book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Master Slave Relationships by Rubel. Right. It's a relationship book. BDSM doesn't come, in my opinion, from books. No. Everything I have learned as a top has been from watching you Mm -hmm. or other people or other scenes or in workshops. So, you know, just kind of... For me, since I'm not really... I was going to say since I'm not really paying attention, but I can't really say that. You know, I kind of learn from osmosis, you know, when you hear the same things over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, yeah, absolutely... Learn yeah, from you know, hands on. So absolutely, your um, screw me the ro- screw the roses, send me the thorns will give you some basic safety information. What's a paddle? But, right. What's a, yeah. Why you're not supposed to punch people in the kidneys mm-hmm. and about the spine and that kind of stuff. But if you want to learn BDSM, you have to go be taught BDSM. And maybe other people, I don't know, people might disagree. Well, th- think of our sensual spanking workshop. Mm-hmm. We can write about it. But are you really going to get it unless you see us do it? Right. I think you'll get some concepts mm-hmm. of it, some ideas, some things to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. But doing you're not going to hear the moans. No, no, <laughs> you're not, definitely not going to hear the moans. Although I can record those. But um, you know, doing it and under the tutelage of someone who knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. not somebody driven by their big fat ego, but somebody who's who's great appreciative. That somebody wants to learn. Yes. You know, and willing, I mean, and I tell you, if you go to any of these events, you know, I, I'm, we say, oh, I want to read from a book, you know, because I don't want to go to an event. Sorry, go to a fucking event. Mm-hmm. It is the best school out there. It's the only school out there because not only will you have your basic BDSM 101 classes, flogging 101 classes, you know, but also you'll find people that are more than willing to help teach you. We just had a wonderful, opportunity at GLLA with uh, Master Eric, where he had some brand new type of toys he'd never used, and it was toys that I had used, you know, and so I, I taught him how to use them on you, and then we used them on his slave, mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't like I got to use his slave, 
you yeah. know, but it was very much a teaching opportunity. And, and um, boy, I just can't think of how he could have replicated that understanding via a book. Right, right. Well, right, because you were able to actually stand behind me and say, see, this is what it looks like when I actually make contact with her. And this is what it looks like when I don't make contact with her, you know, and this is, and if you're on this end of it, you can't really tell by the impact on mm -hmm. whether, you know, so you actually told him what to look out, look out for. So he was then able to transfer that over. And personally, I love being the demo, demo bottom or trial bottom for somebody that's new, you know? Yep. So I, I, I gave him my little cherry pin. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. I presented him with a little cherry pin that I had left over from another event, Dark Odyssey. Many years ago. Yes. Used to give out cherry pins. And if you broke if someone's first cherry, time, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, if you broke someone's cherry, you got to present them with the pin. And um, so I considered that breaking his single tail cherry. And you did. <laughs> If you would like to break your iTunes cherry, you can rate Ooh. us on iTunes. You can tweet about us via the Twitter. You can even like us on Facebook like many other people have done. Join the social media uh, phenomenon now that you're off of AOL. Nice, nice. So, okay, now I have a question for our audience. It was brought up by Sexy Sadie. When are we going to do another live show? Oh, yes, yes. And then we were on, we were actually um, interviewed on Deviant Minds recently mm -hmm. and saw that there's another way that we could do a live show with a chat room. Yep. So I posted it out on FET to see if anybody was interested. And within 30 seconds, I had three replies of yes. So people are interested. So. And that's, that's three quarters of all of our listeners right yeah. there. So that's so pretty that's, amazing. That's pretty amazing. So Sexy Sadie replied, Sundarian, Sundarian's Kiera. I mean, all these oh, well, people. Those are our normal live those showers. Those are normal people, but so, there were some that, that weren't our normals. So currently on the Erotic Awakening podcast, and I'm going to use the word network, <laughs> we have eight shows. Wow, we have four yeah. shows a week, four shows a month, four Thursdays a month that you and I do shows. Mm -hmm. And we will take one of those shows and make it a live show. Yes, I'm going to schedule one soon. And then, of course, we have the, uh, the Barak and Sheba show right. on one Monday, and they're actually coming up next Monday. Mm -hmm. We have Lee Harrington on as well. Yes. And then we have two other guest prospects or, prospects yeah. or host coming one of them via audience demand we're, we're going to be talking to soon mm -hmm. and another one via a random conversation um that they happen that when you're on fet life at 6 a.m mm -hmm. and you're in the same hotel we are that spawns random conversations <laughs> awesome so i love the one though she goes i've been invoked <laughs> <laughs> i think you're you're what did we what did we call that earlier Foreshadowing. Yes, 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 foreshadowing. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, don't give that away because we have not officially sealed the deal on that. Right, right. And after she listens to my comments about her on the cosplay episode, it might not work <laughs> out at all. Um, so that's that. Um, I think it'll be fun. I kind of missed that. It's been almost six months since we've done a live show. Yeah. So we'll pick one of the Thursdays, like first Thursday of the month or second Thursday of the month mm -hmm. and say this will be live show day. Mm -hmm. And we'll do it just like our other shows, except we'll be live and people will be able to... Well, it's pretty neat. We'll get there. Yep. So um, let's get into the topic of the night, um, cosplay. 
And you had, as you mentioned earlier, um, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that a little bit. Um, I have been asked to dress up as a priest before. You have. And I've always found that to be a little squiggy for me. But after mm-hmm. this, after listening to uh, Chocolata talk about it, I found it, oh, so maybe I would get it. Yeah, um, so, and we also um, figured out with the talking that we've done a little cosplay before, a little kinky cosplay. I mean, you know, some of our listeners know that we're a little geeky and we do LARPing. and little to, geeky. Yeah, a little geeky. Mm-hmm. So, and LARPing's live action role play, which is a PG-13 game, you know, that we play with our grown kids and their friends and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's not in this realm at all, but it is costume play. It is cosplay. On its own level. So now bring it into the kink realm. And it's like, okay, what do I want to dress up as? I don't know. And and Cope's coming up where it's going to be superheroes. And so what do I want to be? Do I want to be Wonder Woman in a short little skirt? And a rope. What is it? The lasso of truth. Lasso of truth. Yeah. With the little ting ting <laughs> metal bracelets. So when people shoot their wad on you, you could reflect it with your metal bracelets. <laughs> I don't know that I want to reflect it. No, I don't think you would. So and you were saying poison ivy, but yeah, I don't know that I want to rub up on people. I think she has a cute costume, but had leaves all over it. But what else is there? Well, let's find out. Uh, let's listen to Chocolata and find out what else there is. Fabulous. Dawn, tonight we have what we like to call a repeat victim. <laughs> Chocolata is back with us, and uh, tonight uh, we're going to clean up the messy food play, and instead we're going to talk about uh, uh, kinky cosplay. Is that right? That is right at this end. <laughs> Thanks for coming back on the show. Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So th- the first thing I want to bring up is this one, and... Uh, when we talk about furries, we always get pushback from the community that says it's got nothing to do with kink. But they say that about, oh, throwing pies in people's face, and we don't believe that either. <laughs> so, but, so there is a kinky aspect to the whole cosplay thing, right? Uh, definitely, definitely. Actually, I'd say it's a lot like uh, furries. I'm a part-time furry myself, and 90% of the time it's not about kink. The other 10% of the time, rock on. <laughs> well, let's talk about that 10% of the time, and let's start off with, uh, what the heck is cosplay to start with? It sounds like something to do with everybody acts like Bill Cosby. Uh, that would be oddly disturbing. No, um, <laughs> Pudding uh, it's, pops, pudding pops. I can figure uh, out how to do that. <laughs> okay, you have my attention. Uh, the, um, the, it's, it's a Japanese creation from the English words costume and play. Uh, back in the old days of wood-burning conventions, we used to call it the masquerade or the costume call. Nice. Uh, but basically, it's, uh, it, it is costuming to either put on a character or show off an outfit or just basically, you know, you do this generally at an event to just take on the persona of somebody else for a while, let your, uh, let your cares go away, be the captain of the Enterprise or the superhero or, you know, anything like that. And, of course... Um, we geeks have always had much filthier minds than we're generally given credit for by uh, the media. And it didn't take real long to figure out that some of these superhero outfits, well, the original artists had intended them to be kind of sexual. And when you put them on a real person, they were even more yummy. And, well, you know, things progress naturally from there. 
I think it sounds like a lot of fun. So the first time I actually came across it as like a, a fetish or, you know, as play was at a uh, Dark Odyssey event. So they actually had some um, space at the edge of the dungeon and it was like Superwoman versus Batman or Spider-Man versus Wonder Woman or, I mean, and they were wrestling and getting it on. <laughs> I, I I tell you, I wish I'd seen that. Uh, I'm sure that they that they could have done pretty well off web video for that if they'd wanted. Oh, I but, bet so. But uh, <laughs> the thing that is, is that cosplay is a natural at kink events because there are already cosplay events. It's just usually the cosplay has been, you know, um, cat suits, maid costumes, uh, 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 leather harnesses, mm -hmm. you know, le leather vests and everything. Few people dress like that every day unless they're very lucky mm -hmm. uh so you go to an event and you get to put on this costume and it, it, it's a costume like anything you know like anything you'd see at a star trek convention uh just uh, a little <laughs> more focused I'm, I'm, yeah i'm thinking of getting it on with captain kirk <laughs> that'd be fun star trek course, convention <laughs> you know and it, it's funny because he's a choice oh. because of course he had that legendary status of anything that was uh, apparently female and, and breathing. Yeah, but what about so, Worf? You know, <gasps> I've heard a couple people talk about Worf, heard a couple people talk about Data. Ooh. Now imagine, now of course this would be hard to do in a scene, but imagine Odo. It's like, oh, I think I'd like <laughs> to be a little bigger. <laughs> That'd be neat. Yeah, the... the now, I understand what you're saying about the um, aspect of it being similar to uh, existing events. For example, the um, I mean, I've often heard of uh, at some of the more leather events that S&M really stands for stand and model. Uh, yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And at a, um, a, at a geeky costume event, it's pretty much the same thing. So I give you a, a link with some of my costumes. You look at something like the Sailor Moon costumes from anime. Mm -hmm. Now, the, 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 the person who created this, it was not intentional that these are ladies in exaggerated schoolgirl outfits with even shorter skirts and uh, big bows on the front and uh, uh, right above the hip on the back to accentuate breasts and butt. Uh, they're absolutely sexualized in the original. So you put this into a kink context... I happen to have one that I commissioned in PVC because I like to put even more uh, fetish in my in my geek. And when I wear it to a uh, fan event, it's just the opposite. I'm putting some geek in my fetish or something like that. <laughs> um, I, I have I have a bunch of dual purpose outfits. I have an Alice in Wonderland costume that's the same way. People say, "Oh, you're Alice in Wonderland," and it's in vinyl, you know. And and either way, it's a great response. Uh, talk about another. Uh, area which is can be very sexualized. Alice has some very dark undertones that were completely intentional when it was originally created, and it's not hard to just crank that up to eleven. Wow, that sounds very naughty. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I like to start off with. I'm not sure what happened about this bottle that said "drink me," but I feel funny. <laughs> so. We actually had a question from somebody on Twitter, so I want to ask you that question. So, it is, um, what is the most popular cosplays? What do, you see, what do you see the most of out there when you're out and about? Would you, would you restrict that to events that are primarily geeky or primarily kinky? 
Well, let's let's stick with the kinky. Okay. Uh, the one of the most popular, of course, in a, a kinky context is uh, as an actual costume, not just a, a kinky garment, is the maid. Mm-hmm. You know, um, again, short skirt, various bits and pieces intended to enhance sexuality, uh, a definite, you know, I am a submissive. It's just, it's, you can be dominant in a maid's costume, but it's a little unusual. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I would say that is one of the top ones. Um, the uh, let's see again, going through actual character costumes. But if, we, if let's stick with the maid idea for a minute. So okay. now I'm, I'm trying. Now I'm uh, connecting a little bit to this whole cosplay thing. Are you, so are you saying that if I were to dress up, or if uh, someone far more attractive than me were to dress up as a French <laughs> maid at one of these events, that's that's what you mean by cosplay? It, 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 well, absolutely, because you're taking on a character. Let, let's assume that you're dressed in this and you're going to be a submissive in a scene. Oh, you screwed up and you need to be punished or whatever. Uh, you are taking on that character. Very few people wearing these costumes are, in fact, um, servants in wealthy households. And, you know, I don't know if they'd want to, uh, I don't know if they'd want to cosplay it if they were. Though, actually, another one I should have thought of before... It's very popular in medical scenes is, of course, the nurse. Oh, yeah. And I have been surprised in my own personal experience how many medical professionals during the day will turn it into a kink thing at night. I'm not <laughs> sure why that is. Maybe it's a way of taking something that is stressful and occasionally morbid and turning into something they have control over. Or maybe they just like the costume. No idea. <laughs> so let's say, for example, I saw some um, fairly... Uh, oh, let's say I saw... Beric from Adventures in Sexuality dress up like a school teacher mm-hmm. and beat up some naughty schoolgirls. Mm-hmm. That's that's just a form of cosplay, then, huh? I would definitely say so because it's an unusual costume. Uh, you're in a role, you know. Uh, I've got a couple of schoolgirl pictures in that link I sent you. Uh, so absolutely, I mean, anything where anything where the outfit is intended to evoke a specific character rather than a general leather person say for example let's let's take the cat suit of course always popular at the kink events sure you 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 put on a pair of ears you put on a tail maybe a, a belt with a couple of items you're cat woman mm-hmm. you know and and all of a sudden you're you're meowing at people whereas with the general cat suit you know despite its name you might not be doing it it's more of a garment then instead of a costume okay, okay. so so i'm thinking like um we have someone that likes to dress up as My Little Pony. So, yeah. and not just pony play, which I think can be slightly different depending on how it's done. But let's say, like, My Little Pony. She dresses up in all pink. She's got, you know. So, I'm thinking, would that be a form of cosplay? Definitely. I would say pony play in general runs to the edge of it anyway. Okay. Because, you know, you, you're, again, you're taking a role. You're, you're not a horse, I expect. Right. Um, and of course, if, if you're, if you're doing a, a, a specific My Little Pony character, or even a twisted version of one, <laughs> then definitely, absolutely cosplay. Well, you know what? This is funny because now, uh, my quarter interest in this has turned into much more of an interest because in the past, and, and we've actually talked about this a few times in the past, uh, and due to technical difficulties, no one in the world knows that, but, um, before, I've always thought of it from a perspective of, well, I don't want to dress up as a superhero. 
and I don't know a Sailor Moon from a mooning sailor. <laughs> and so cosplay is not really something I'm into, but it sounds like it, it's, not, it's not as limited as my thinking is. It's not necessarily just something that geeks get into. But what would you say if I dressed up like a Nazi and ran around goose-stepping? And uh, Is that a form of what you would – is that cosplay? Or is that a part of the family of cosplay? Absolutely, because I will assume that you are not espousing the actual ideas of the Nazi party. Nein! Nein! You know, and, uh, and people play that. It's very edgy, of course, because the connotations are so negative – that it turns some people on immensely and some people are really freaked out about it. I've seen both happen. Um, I'm going to mangle her name, but uh, Xavier Hollander, the Mayflower Madam, who was famous in the 70s, she actually discussed one of her clients who was a Jewish person who had been in the camps and could no longer reach orgasm unless she dressed as a Nazi. Hmm. So a lot of things going on in that head, definitely. Right, right. Um, but uh, the, the point is, again, it's a costume and a role. Um, there's an excellent cartoon on bad cosplay advice where somebody was, where, where a couple in a dungeon were going on and on about the horrible taste displayed by somebody who had dressed up as one of those genocidal stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. And the camera pans over and Slave Leia's on the cross with a guy in plastic armor beating her. <laughs> Awesome. So that, that would be plenty hot, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I know. Oh, wouldn't that though? I know. So, so we've actually done cosplay. So and didn't even know it. The witch's hunt. Oh sure. Sounds like it from here. Absolutely. So dressed as a demon and and the witch hunt and oh my and I gosh. Guess, and when I use that as an example, and Don and I've talked about that on the podcast before, but in this context, it's because it's using is it. Using the costume to, I mean, how much is the mental part important? If you dress up as a French maid, mm-hmm. is, is, is cosplay the fact that you're wearing the costume? Or is it that you're using that costume as a tool or a method to enact a French maid? Well, that's actually a very good question. I think that's going to differ from person to person. Um, you mentioned Captain Kirk earlier. If somebody mm-hmm. tends to be kind of shy and reserved, being Captain Kirk for an evening might be a great way for him to just be all over the ladies and uh, you know just 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 be a total uh, womanizer, suave, uh, 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 cheeky, everything he wants to be, without damaging. What he or she, you know, I mean, I'm in a dress, so he, she can be in a male Starfleet uniform. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it's a vacation from the normal. You get to be someone else for a night that can be very uninhibiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, the cosplay costumes you will see, especially around Halloween for the, quote, vanillas, for girls are very slutty. Mm-hmm. And and that's because the number of women who would like to be a slut just for an evening, if nothing more, you know, just 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 once, uh, is a lot higher than than um, many people would want to admit. But the costume makers sure know about it. Sure. See, that's that's very interesting to me because I think about the uh, like for myself. Uh, there's a particular activity when I do these. Uh, some activities I am rather a reserved person, um, but I do, well, let's call it cosplay. Um, when I, cos- I did a cosplay episode thing 
And it wasn't at a kink event, but as a hobbit, and you run around and you're into everything, and it's okay to be a little annoying, and because that's what hobbits do, and it's like it allows you to get out of yourself. Mm -hmm. I think I wonder if sometimes the kink community has a bad view of cosplay because they say, "Well, you should just be your authentic self." Well, you should, but that's easier said than done a lot of the times. And in fact, cosplay can be. Uh, uh, away in that direction. Um, I can tell you a little bit about, in fact, a, a personal epiphany I had with that, and that was um, uh, when I first started cosplaying, as soon as I could get away with it, I started doing ladies' outfits as well as males, and for a while I thought, you know, well, I wonder if that I'm, I'm transgender inside, or, or I, there's part of me that wants to be a girl and everything, and it was, cosplay was literally a voyage for me that lasted years when I finally found out for myself that I was totally a guy. I just thought the outfits were awesome. <laughs> and, you know, but, and, and I have seen other people through costuming, through taking a break from who they have to be day in, day out, they learn more about that person. Because, you know, you, 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 if you can't step away from it for a moment, it's hard to, to take a clear view. Sure. I can understand that, but it also makes more sense to me now why um, people want to know what to wear to events, you know, or, or the women take a couple of days to figure out what to put together for the event because they want to pull in that energy that they want to exude, ex exude. is that the word? Sure. Give off. <laughs> Give off. So they want to make sure they're wearing the right costuming, even if it is you know, just a little slinky black dress and high heels, you know, that they don't usually wear. Most cosplayers will choose costumes that in some way are an expression of themselves. They will avoid ones that have nothing to do with them. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the, 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 one, the, one of the few costumes I've done that did not fall under that was um, I dressed as a singer from an anime called Macross, not because I felt anything like I was anything like her. She's, she's a jerk. But um, it was an awesome costume, and I love the show. <laughs> so, you know, and, and so every once in a while, there is no great mental psychological reason for it. It's just a really cool outfit, and it's fun to wear it. Because, again, they look at you funny if you wear these to work. Right. Well, that is very true. Well, it depends where you work. So well, actually, <laughs> um, I've got a couple stories but along those lines, but that would take a while. <laughs> so do you find, are, are you yourself, do you consider yourself a fairly slutty person? And if so, does cosplay allow you to be sluttier? Actually, um, for in day-to-day, -day, I'm very quiet and reserved and, and, and type B and out of the way. Um, ironically, because when I was really young, I was really fiery, and I got myself in a lot of trouble doing that. And then when I um, got older and I discovered costuming, it was permission to get out of that quietness and, and, and be out there and be in front of people. And again, it wasn't just cross-dressing. I've got a bunch of Starfleet uniforms on my site, and I've, I've got a Power Ranger. And <laughs> in any of those cases, I was expected not to be shy and quiet and in the corner. I was expected to be the hero. I am, you know, I am, I am forming the Megazord with you guys. Let's, let's do this. Let's get it on. Ooh. And it was, um, yeah, I know, right? Uh, it, that spandex, you can tell what religion I am. But anyway, uh, yeah. I just got that. Um, 
But yeah, it was it was permission to myself to have fun. And the funny thing was, I discovered the more I gave myself that permission, the more everybody else around me really enjoyed it. Uh, and and then and it just turned into a big feedback loop. Now to the point where. Um, at the at the geek only conventions that have no kink involved in them, people are wondering what dress I'm going to show up in this year. Nice, and, and they're digging it. What, so, so what ahead. is a what is a muffin? Is there is that a word you've heard before? A cosplay muffin? No, I can't say I've heard of that. Okay, um, I will say that cosplayers, like many kinky people can be insecure because a lot of them are discovering themselves and they're worried about how they look to other people. They want to make a great impression. And what you said doesn't sound especially complimentary. It does sound like the sort of thing one cosplayer might say about another if they felt they weren't twoo cosplay. Oh, a fluffy cosplayer. Yes. yes. Mm. <laughs> um, honestly, myself, uh, my, my philosophy is if, if if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And if other people are making it no fun, they're doing it wrong. Um, so it, uh, very few of my outfits are 100% convincing. A couple of my Starfleet uniforms are pretty nice. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, you know, I leave my beard on when I'm in a dress because I don't pass. I don't care to pass. And I've gotten some static for that as when I was dressed as Sailor Mars. It's like, you can't be Sailor Mars in a beard. And I'm like, well, I can. <laughs> So, because you're thinking if you take off the beard, you're still not going to look like Sailor Mars. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm 40 years old and Caucasian to start with, <laughs> which are disadvantages. Um, any boobs I might be wearing, I didn't come with. You know, and, and, and I appreciate it when somebody who happens to look like a character puts together a really good costume. I applaud that. That that is that is a level I don't get to reach really often and I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. If they think that makes them better than me, yeah, not so much. You know, I again I didn't decide my body shape and everything else. And uh and and and, and if they are better seamster or seamstress than I am then absolutely props for that mm -hmm. uh, but but you know that's just that's that's just skill and 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 ability it doesn't make them an automatically awesome person it just means that hey you're really good at that and that's cool now people in leather at the leather events when they dress up in leather they will say and take this quite seriously and I'll probably get shit about this for putting it this way but that it's part of a lifestyle do you think that cosplay is or can be is it, is kinky cosplay a lifestyle or is it just something fun to do? Um, no, I do think it can be part of a lifestyle. In that, um, if if you're if you're doing kinky cosplay, you probably have some geek in you, and I think geek and kink both, if they are a part of you, they never leave you. Um, I have on my uh, FetLife profile that I live the lifestyle 24-7, not because I'm always in vinyl and tied to the bed, but I always have a perspective which is comes from these places. Mm -hmm. You know, I never leave that. And so I get what the leather people are saying, that there's a certain mindset to being leather, that even if you do it once a month, it never leaves you. Okay. Uh, and again, I, I, I respect that, and I think that's cool and awesome, if a leather person gets all twoo on me and, and goes on about how special that he uh, snowflake he is because he's leather, okay, that's nice. I think I my phone's ringing. 
And they can send the hate mail from that comment directly to you? Uh, no, if, if they want. And oh, great, great. No, I'll tell you something. If somebody can defend their position, that is the most awesome thing in the world. If somebody can coherently say, no, you're wrong, and this is why you're wrong, A, B, C, and D, I love that. Because I, I love to learn something about being wrong, or mm -hmm. I like to be able to say, no, you're not convinced. Mm -hmm. And just say, yeah, thank you, I'll look at that, and take a look mm -hmm. at it, and then decide if it's valuable to you. Now, have you ever met anyone while you're in costume, and they were in costume, and had some kind of a relationship with them <laughs> without breaking character? And, and if not, or if so, is that something you look for? Is that something that would be appealing? Uh, I have done it. It's freaking awesome. Uh, in my Sailor <laughs> Mars costume, I did uh, a whole, oh, I've been captured oh. sort of thing and forced to do horrible, horrible things. And, you know, Yay. hey, why did, why did the forcing stop? Come on. <laughs> and um, there, are some, there are some maid scenes I would very much like to do, especially as a, a messy food player, which we mentioned before. Yeah. It's, it, it's an obvious uh, combination, and uh, um, I've got some people interested in playing that with me. Um, this is definitely, um, the funny thing is the clothes are not erotic to me, honestly, but the headspace that often comes with them is, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense to you. Oh, yeah. And when I'm dressed up, it is just really easy to get me into a scene of any kind because I'm in a different place and I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I look good and I'm feeling there and it's like, yeah, you can do that to me or I'll totally do that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I Go ahead. I've got this vision of uh, pirates and winches. That's just, yeah. <laughs> uh, do, you no do you notice things get popular, thinking of pirates? Do things get popular for a little while when, like, Pirates of the Caribbean came out? Did you have 20 Johnny Depps running around? Oh, always. Well, I, I rarely see 20 Donny Johnny Depps. I'll see uh, 20 people in Pirates-inspired outfits. Uh -huh. But I've only met a couple of good uh, Johnny Depps, and, and he and she were both amazing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, definitely. Of course, uh, we're in a zombie craze right now as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, <sighs> got to tell you, personally, <laughs> moving dead things do nothing for me. Uh-uh. Not knocking anybody else's kink. No misunderstandings there if that's what trips your trigger. Um, but then again, I've been around medical people all my life, and I actually know what happens to dead bodies in far more detail than I'm going to go into here. Just nothing for me. Yeah. And uh, I, have, I have to admit, now, one of the, the and this is, was it a, a straight-up BDSM event, one of the scariest scenes mm -hmm. I've ever seen was... A, uh, it was, it, I can't think of, I, I'm sure it would have been called a cosplay episode because the, the person that was the top in the scene was doing the uh, a Heath Ledger sort of Joker. And it was stunningly good and it was stunningly creepy. And it was so stunningly good that there was people like giving them a wide berth around their scene because I didn't realize how many people were scared of clowns. And he... You know, of course, he had that clown Joker feel to him, and yeah, that that wow. well, of course, the Heath Ledger <laughs> one is that filthy, distressed yes. clown, and um, yeah, I mean, I probably would have been part of the wide birth group, but I would have applauded the scene because <laughs> you know the the idea of having the scene, if and I assume it was really doing something for the people playing. Yes, and and that is great. That I love that, it, and so, it's it's really interesting to see how powerful that is because. Obviously, the rest of the dungeon's filled with these 
big, sweaty men and, you know, uh, beautiful stiletto, nine-inch stiletto women dressed in leather with bull whips and floggers and every, any other, you know, piercing and knives, and they're avoiding the clown because, whoa, that's <laughs> fucked up. Well, you know, that's, that. that's something else that cosplay can do in eroticism, and you actually touched on this earlier with Nazis. Not only can it take us to fun places we're uncomfortable going, it can take us to nasty places we're uncomfortable going. Mm-hmm. And you can explore that. And then just take it off when you're done. I'm I'm not the Joker anymore. I'm not a Nazi anymore. I'm I'm Bob. You know we're good. Let's do some aftercare. Have a drink. The nasty's over. It, it's uh-huh. it's a very obvious, you know, line drawn. Nasty starts here. Nasty stops here. Now I've seen over the over the weekend, just a few weekends ago at GLA, I saw two scenes. I think that they will qualify for cosplay. Not scenes per se, but people in a cosplay in their costumes. Um, and one of them actually squigged, bothered me. Both bothered me, to be honest. <laughs> so uh, I would like your opinion about these. Okay, absolutely. So the, the first one I saw, there was no actual scene around it, but the costume was a, um, a Muslim woman costume. I mean, it wasn't a Muslim woman. It was a, a woman dressed to be a Muslim woman in the full, I think it's called a burqa, mm-hmm. where just the eyeballs are showing. Okay, and, yeah, yeah, the, the burqa. And, okay, yeah. and she was just kind of being led through the dungeon, and I don't know what kind of space she was in, um, or the person leading her was in a little evil-looking space. Have, have you ever seen that in an event where somebody takes on a real, not like uh, a naughty preacher but a full out this is the garb of a religion i have seen that uh of course you know um there's there's all the catholic costumes that people like to use in scenes um religion is such a powerful thing in most people's brains that a kinky person is often going to want to play with that um i have my own religion in fact it's the church of the flying pie monster but seriously, no, the, but the real religions that we're brought up with or, or that we see other people being brought up with, um, most of them are very authoritarian. I mean, mm-hmm. after all, most of them have hierarchies running up to the guy who invented the universe. And, you know, it's a natural for a scene. And, and in fact, and, and uh, edgy though the subject is, I have seen fake pedophilia scenes done in religion. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Because unfortunately you know we've we all become aware that that happens occasionally and, and, and sadly in real life. We did just see one like We just that. saw one of those not too long ago. Yeah. And of course there's uh which, which briefly touches on... Um, a, a a a a cosplayish thing that a lot of my good friends do, and that's the adult babies. Now, interesting. Now, you would adult baby. You consider that as a cosplay subset as well, then? I would definitely say there's some overlap. I mean, you definitely just have to Google briefly to find all sorts of frilly little dresses and and diaper covers with Hello Kitty on them and that sort of thing. They're never going to fit a real two year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, so many of the littles I know, they want that headspace. They want to, uh, they, they want to be eight or six or four or two, or at least as close an adult as an adult is going to manage. Right. Um, 
you know, sometimes what we think it is, is is more important than what it would really be like. Um, in fact, actually, I would go so far as to say for most scenes, that is always the case. You know, um, jumping jumping around in tangents again, I've seen um, uh, 1800s South slave master and slave, plantation slave mm-hmm. scene. Right. Yep, yep, we've we've heard about one of those with a good friend and, of ours. And and it's fascinating even more so and definitely a little disturbing when one at least one of the participants is a person of color. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. It, now, oh, it's the slave. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Now it's funny because um uh, a friend of ours, Molina Williams, does a class right. on race play, and she's the only person I know that does the class on race play. And I've always thought to myself that that's kind of a fucked up topic. And then I found myself thinking, so what would that be like? And hopefully Molina's not listening because she starred in this fantasy. Uh, what would that be like to try, you know, do the whole white male plantation owner? And, yeah. um, you know, I just kind of ran it through my head the kind of way you, you, you stop to look at a car accident. And I noticed my dick was hard. And I said, <laughs> hey. Hey, what's going on down there? Melina would like that. She really gets yes, she off would. on that um, that whole scenario. She's, so yeah. let, me, let me put another one out there for you that I found. You know, this is probably, I don't know. This one was really interesting <laughs> from a what the cluck was. Um, the costumer, and this happened to be the same couple that did the little Muslim thing. The person who was doing the dress-up. What you, so what are the terms here? Help me with the terminology. There is no formal terminology. A costumer is somebody who is wearing a costume and may very well have assembled it themselves. It, it sort of implies that, um, that they have some skill in that area. Okay. Well, that makes that part easy. So yeah. the person wearing the costume, was their costume was an autistic child. And oh, they that's had right. a, the little the helmet on like you would picture an autistic child. And the actions of an autistic child, and clearly they were not autistic. They were just pretending to be a Muslim the other night. Um, and I have to admit that one. The thing to remember is that it is—it's all role play. It is all something that the the majority of us we we will do it, and then we stop, and we go back to whatever we were doing before. In that context, you know. I don't really have that much of a problem with just about anything anybody wants to do. And and if you were asking if that was cosplay, I would say no, because there is no, thank goodness, official outfit for autistic children. We don't put, you know, little little multicolored rings of felt on their clothes that they have to wear or anything like that. Okay. That would just be role play. Um, and uh, it, it may have been a little weird for me, but uh, I really think that, um, you know, as long as everybody understands... That uh, that that this is just something you're doing as an exploration because it's an interesting way to get off. Um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. I, I don't have a problem with the Nazi. I don't have any problem with the Joker, um, unless you wigged out and actually started slicing up people in the event <laughs> consensually. I would have a problem with that. Um, Especially some of the, uh, the the people we know, they'd be like, "What an intense scene! I'm going to stand here and watch it. That blood looks real." Yeah, you know. <laughs> Um, and, and, of course, you know, he might be consensually slicing up somebody, which, um, hey, I, 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 have, I, I can't stand to watch horror movies when I know how they're faking it, but you go right ahead. <laughs> if it's consensual, all righty. What do you, um, so do you, is there a theme among cosplayer or a subset? Do people often, do you think that part of their thrill 
is squigging people out, or do I just happen to run into really weird people? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had a little epiphany today, which ended up on Twitter, and I know what it is, because geeky cosplayers used to talk about freaking the mundanes. Right. Um, which isn't really that nice a thing to say. People use muggles a lot right now, thanks to mm -hmm. uh, Harry Potter. But it's really not a great thing to say about the other people around you. Um, but I, I said on Twitter today that nobody with any sense wants the whole world to be just like them, but everybody wants the whole world to accept them for who they are. Hmm. And if you, and I've been doing this since before I, I, I thought I was kinky, I, if I walk into a restaurant and I've been at a con and I've still got my Starfleet uniform on, and conversation stops for a moment, though it was probably the green Orion woman who was with me. <laughs> um, I kind of dig that. And the reason is not so much because I want to upset people. I want them to stop and think for a moment. And, 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 and maybe get the idea that if I can just walk into a restaurant like this and, and order a hamburger then I may be in a weird costume, but I'm still a person, you know? I'm not okay. a freak. I'm not a dweeb. I mean, I may be, but, you know. <laughs> and, um, and, and kinky cosplay is the exact same way for me, honestly. Uh, when I'm wearing one of these outfits, I'm like, yeah, I'm a little different from everybody else in here, but I'm having a good time. I hope that uh, I'm, I've amused you in one way or another. If I've turned you on, great, come on over here, let's talk. And uh, I, I think that is something which is down inside every cosplayer's heart. It's like, this is a part of me. It's not one that I get to show every single day. Occasionally, it's something I want to save for very special occasions. But it's a part of me, and it's okay just like the rest of me is. Okay. What's your favorite costume, and what's the headspace that goes with it? Uh, it sort of depends. I've got several. Um... I think, honestly, my favorite costume is a, is a made dress I have. It's, got, uh, it's an anime-style dress. It's got a red bow at the neck and another one that goes on, on my head. And the reason I like it is because it's very playful. And I am a very playful and frequently even silly person. And it's hard to get much sillier than a bearded guy in a, in a maid's dress. <laughs> well, and that is true. <laughs> it's, a way of, it's a way of saying, you know, hey, um, I'm here to have some fun, and uh, I, I hope that you are relaxed and 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 cool enough that you might want to get involved in it with me. Um, now, my, uh, my most popular one is probably split between a black steampunk outfit I put together a while ago, Ooh. which. Um, Every time I wear that to a con, people shriek and run across the room and hug me. <laughs> and how cute some of them are. You can see why it's one of my favorites. I need one of those. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, put you, I'll give you some of my websites. <laughs> and the other is an Alice in Wonderland costume I have, simply because even when it's out of vinyl, people really relate to Alice. You know, it, it's something happy to them. It's something from their childhood. They probably saw it in Disney before they read the book. And um, it, 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 it's like the maid's dress. It, it, it takes people off their guard and it relaxes. It breaks the ice. I can interact with them. Um, and because of that, uh, it's, it's definitely one of my favorites. I, I, want, I love to provoke positive reactions. That's one of the reasons why you know, I'm always happy and in a good headspace when I'm dressed up is because that's how I want other people to react to me. I, want to, I definitely want to say, hey, 
Weird is not bad. Weird is often a hell of a lot of fun. I agree. <laughs> so, for us. Yeah, so now I'm going to have to think about what I'm going to wear to our next event. You better so, think fast. It's only a week away. I know, I know. It's only a week away. So I, I always bring my leathers, you know, because mm -hmm. I always wear my leathers. But um, I may have to look for something a little playful this time. Good. Oh, so, it's, getting, it's getting near Halloween, so the iron is hot right now. There you oh, go. Yeah. So, And I've got some stuff. I mean, I do a little LARPing on the side, so I've got a box of costuming stuff that I can put together. Now, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, the day we are recording this happens to be September 1st, mm -hmm. and I think we're going to actually publish this on September 1st. But, Don, oh. did, did you know that the uh, theme for the next event we're going to, which is... Next, Next weekend? weekend? Mm -hmm. Do you know what the theme is? No, I haven't looked. I have heard that the theme is superheroes. <gasps> Ooh. So this would be an opportunity for you to costume up. I happen to have a Ninja Turtle costume. You do already. have a Ninja Turtle costume. You know what, though? I might have to go on to FET and, and poke around and see if anybody plans on dressing up like Spider-Man. Because... You don't want Spider-Man. You want Dr. Octopus. Oh, yes, Dr. Octopus. <laughs> I will even hey. bring my own tentacle. <laughs> there was that scene in Rob Liefeld's run on Spider-Man where he webbed Mary Jane to the ceiling. <laughs> and the reasons why were patently obvious to anybody over eight. Yes, absolutely. So, superhero. Well, I can't do Wonder Woman. I'm not built for <laughs> some of uh, these. <laughs> actually, I'm glad you said that. Let me, let, me, let me touch on that for a minute. Okay. If you want to do Wonder Woman, do Wonder Woman. I'm not built for half the outfits I wear. That is not the point. The role is more important than your body shape. Ooh, so I could lasso people. That is so not no. me. That would so freak people out. <laughs> no, there, so, there will be a few people who may give you static over that. You know, they're not worth your attention. Okay. <laughs> if, if you want to be Wonder Woman, by darn be Wonder Woman. And I was going to ask you about that. Is that a popular thought in cosplay, or are you a rebel? Um... It tends to relate directly to the security level of the observer and sometimes the wearer. Uh, there was a time I wouldn't have been caught dead outside of my house in some of these outfits. But then I realized it's cool, you know? The, 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 people, the people who mind don't matter and the people who matter don't mind. And, and, and I started just reveling in it and having a great time and the people around me would have a great time. And I think that is more prevalent than not in cosplay simply because so few of us are built like, built like these imaginary superheroes. Right. In fact, if you notice, when they make these movies, they can't put real people in those superhero costumes. <laughs> they look ridiculous. Yep, yep. So, you know, Thor got a change costume, which was a big improvement, if you ask me. The X-Men, they got their nice black leather instead of the yellow and blue. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I heard they went with the yellow and blue for the new film. I haven't seen it. But even then, they made some tweaks. Okay. So, yeah, Wonder Woman. I want to see this, personally. <laughs> Wonder Woman's going to have a big butt. <laughs> uh, again, I, I can't think of a reason I would have a problem with this. Well, uh, if you don't mind, one more question for you. Mm -hmm. What is the next costume that you have in the planning stage? Or what, do you, what, is, what is next for you, costume-wise? Uh, well, um, little explanation here. There's this anime series called Gurren Lagann. And the major female character in this is a redhead with hair to the back of her knees 
who runs around in black vinyl hot pants and a black vinyl bikini top with red flames on it and a gun which is capable of knocking out angry tanks. <laughs> no, so I can't get away with that outfit. I would no way. Uh, even you know, I I just said what I just said, but I just don't think a, a black vinyl bikini is where I want to go. So I've taken the outfit and I went with skin tight black hot, uh, pants, full length pants because I've got kind of good legs, <laughs> and I changed the bikini top into a vest. Ooh. I'm keeping the hair the way it is, but basically I'm the guy version of Yoko. Okay. And I'm looking forward to breaking some brains when people found out, find out I'm not co- uh, cross-playing exactly, <laughs> sort of. But uh, I'm building that myself because obviously there's nowhere you can get it. Right. And um, I, I, I've screwed up about three yards of vinyl so far, so things are going well. <laughs> so, so, but look what I just pulled out of the garage today. Oh, the sewing machine. The sewing machine. I, I, I may be sewing over Labor Day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I love sewing. I can't wait till I get better at it. Okay. Hmm? All right. Well, good deal. Well, um, so if I want to find out more about cosplay or about you, what do I do? Um. I would go to a website I frequent. I am not affiliated with the site in any way other than that I have an account there. And it is called Cosplay.com. Easy enough. Uh, You will find a great many pictures of people who have put incredible effort, hundreds and hundreds of dollars into their costumes. They look like the character. You will also find plenty of people like me who just wanted to wear the outfit and don't look anything like the character. And there are lo- there are forums about everything you would want to know about how to assemble an outfit, how to purchase an outfit if you uh, don't think you can, uh, where the good uh, events are, and I can be frequently seen on the forum about cross-playing, interestingly enough. You, you look for the guy in the Sailor Mars, and, and, and I'm easy to find, uh, mainly because people are so afraid to do it. The, the guys, mainly. Girls, actually, no big deal. A girl in our society can wear pants all she wants. But um, guys are like, people will think I'm gay. And it's like, if this dress can make you gay, that's one damn powerful dress. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So. Well, Chocolat, thank you for being on the podcast tonight. Do you still have that messy food website? I do. And in fact, uh, there's a link at the bottom of that to pictures of my cosplay. Well, let, what is that website called? That is called uh, Chocolata's Mess, and the address is http colon slash slash C-H-O-C-M-E-S-S dot com. Chocmess dot com. I'm also the first hit on Google for Chocolata, which probably annoys the uh, Hebrew uh, chocolate makers. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, thanks for being on the podcast with us tonight. This will be one of our longer interviews, but uh, I certainly went from... Why do we, what, what, what to, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks a lot for being on. Thank you. All right, my pleasure. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you. Want to have your product, event, charity, or service as the first thing listeners hear about on our podcast? It's only $18 for a 10-second front bump on our show that reaches listeners around the world. What a bargain. <laughs> Contact us at Dan Dorn at eroticawakening.com. You know that front bump actually goes closer to 15 to 20 seconds. Yeah, well, that's Even cool. Even a better bargain. Yes, a better bargain. And did you know you can buy the highly acclaimed book, Living a Mess by Dan and Dawn, or support them? 
by buying an Erotic Awakening t-shirt, messenger bag, or coffee mug. All these things can be found by visiting the shop and support page of the Erotic Awakening website. Any dollar and 20 cents we make from anything sold on the site goes directly back into the continuing educational mission of Erotic Awakening. And Erotic Awakening is grateful for the support of the Kink Shop. The Kink Shop provides quality merchandise at affordable prices and features various BDSM implements created for lifestylers by lifestylers. Visit them online at www.thekinkshop.com. Much of the music heard on Erotic Awakening is provided by Talkie Universe. For music that's crafted and designed specifically for scenes that can range from sensual to dynamic BDSM, visit them at www.talkieuniversemusic.com. <laughs> was it bad? Was it bad? That's how you get it in 10 seconds. Sweet. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dawn.